announcements at the back of your bulletin, actually. No, the back of the announcements. It's from Psalm 98. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. God of many names, we give you thanks that you know us by one name, which is beloved. So we pray that you would send your spirit in and through these words. Though ancient, we pray that we might hear a word for us this day that reminds us that indeed we are your beloved. And we make this prayer in the name of the one who is the beloved, the Christ. Amen. Oh, sing to our God a new song, for the Holy One has done marvelous things. God's right hand and holy arm have gotten victory. The Holy One has made known victory. God has revealed vindication in the sight of the nations. Yahweh has remembered steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Holy One, all the earth. Break forth into joyous songs and praises. Sing praises to God with a lyre, with a lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the Sovereign, our God. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for the joy of the presence of God. For God is coming to judge the earth. The Holy One will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. shall see. Okay, good morning, 7th Avenue. It is a pleasure for me to be here with you this morning. Tom, thank you for that beautiful rendition of How Great Thou Art. And please bow your heads with me for a moment of prayer. Gracious and loving God, I thank you for this opportunity to once again stand before your beloveds. I pray that you would speak through this earthen and broken vessel your words that would encourage, inspire, and uplift your people for the journey ahead. Be with us now. I know you're here, Holy Spirit. Just remind us of that and walk with us in each and every step that we take. We ask these things in the blessed name of your son, Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. So good morning, folks. The title of my message today is Together We Will Praise. Now, whenever I think about praising God, one of the first things that comes to mind for me is Music. Music is an amazing thing. 
And music can often act like a key that unlocks a treasure trove of memories. Just hum a few bars of a song and people can be transported back in time and find themselves vividly recalling memories from the past. Now let's see if technology is my friend today. Anybody know that? that is? Who's that? Take five, Dave Brubeck. That's exactly right. And whenever I hear that song playing, it transports me back to 6307 Culver Drive in San Jose in the 60s, where my dad would play that vinyl record on the hi-fi that he built from scratch. Okay? Now, infamous Barbara, Barbara Streisand. And whenever I hear that song, it takes me back to the Royal Edinburgh military tattoo in Scotland in the summer of 1980. I can see myself in the castle underneath the stars and remember those nights ever so vividly. And the hymn, How Great Thou Art, takes me back to March 22nd, 2016. Now, I never really gave the hymn much thought until then, but that's the day when my 101-year-old grandma, little old B. Green, died peacefully in her sleep and went home to be with the Lord. She had already written out in her handwriting how she would like her memorial service to go, and she asked, that how great thou art be sung at her service. And without thinking it through, really, without thinking it through, and I do this a lot, I volunteered to fulfill her request. Now, before her service, I did a little research, and I discovered that this, this hymn has a really rich history. The hymn started out as a poem written by Carl Boberg in 1885. Boberg was a Swedish pastor, editor, member of the Swedish parliament. And the poem titled Ostor Gud, or O Great God, was published in 1891. It was later translated into German, Russian, and then English. And over the last 134 years, this hymn, in its many forms, 
has woven its way into millions of lives, including mine. Now, I had planned to sing a cappella, and I brought my grandma Annie's hymnal to give me courage and strength. And since I'm not a professional singer, and as you've already heard from Tom, this is a big song to tackle, I was praying that God would do a miracle when it was my turn to sing. But just before the service, a professional pianist whom I'd never met before offered to accompany me. What key do you sing in, he asked. I don't know. <laughs> so he pulled out his cell phone, fired up an app, and said, hum a few bars or sing a few bars. I did, and he said, I got you. Just start singing and I'll follow. It was by far one of the most sacred experiences I've ever had in my entire life. It was like we were breathing together, the pianist, the piano, and I. And when that big note came, I actually hit it, you know? <laughs> And when I sat down, my sister-in-law turned to me and she said, I didn't know you could sing. And I said, I didn't either. And that was, that was an amazing moment. God moved and I got my miracle. And ever since that day, this hymn has been a faithful traveling companion of mine. And the lyrics are a reminder to me of what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. Now, one thing I appreciate about Pastor Jeff is that he's a planner. Y'all know he's a planner, right? Okay. He invited me to preach with sufficient time for me to be able to read the scriptures and the lectionary, meditate on them, and listen for what the Spirit has to say. That is a gift to a preacher. And immediately, Psalm 98 grabbed my attention. Verse 1 says, Oh, sing to our God a new song, for the Holy One has done marvelous things. And the verb tense is very striking because has is past tense. The psalmist is telling us of what God has already done, about victory from God and vindication, God's steadfast love and God's faithfulness. And next, the psalmist suggests how we might respond in the present. Make a joyful noise to the creator, all the earth. Break forth in joyous song and sing praises. Music. Round up the instruments, let the sea roar, let the floods clap, let the hills sing. All, all of creation burst forth in song with roaring and clapping and singing. The psalmist concludes with pointing our eyes towards the future and what God will do. The Holy One will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. So God has done marvelous things. We praise God in the present for the marvelous things that God has done, and God's not done yet. 
Now, let me share a story with you that illustrates what this looks like in everyday life. Because I'm kind of like a practical theologian. I always want to say, so what? And what does that mean to me right now, today? As a hospice chaplain, I have the privilege of companioning people as they live through the dying process. We work together to help them stay connected to God as they understand God. Now, one of my hospice patients, whom I'll call John, wanted to see Yellowstone and the Grand Canyon before he died, and he did. When he returned from the two-week RV trip, his face lit up as he shared seeing the Grand Canyon for the first time. He couldn't stop talking about God's glory. And John, John just said to me, you can't tell me when I look at the Grand Canyon that there isn't a God. You just can't tell me when I look at God in nature and God's creation that there isn't a God. Now here John was before me dying, and in the midst of his circumstances, he was praising God for all the marvelous things that God had already done in his life. And God, John was also looking forward to what God will do. Now John nor I, Neither one of us knows exactly what will happen when he takes his last breath and leaves this earthen vessel. But he's holding on to the promise that God will be with him in that next leg of his journey. In one of our visits, I learned that John enjoys what he calls earthing. Any of you ever heard that term before? Neither had I. What's that, I asked. It's when he goes to the beach, takes his shoes off, and places his feet in the sand so that he can have a direct connection with the earth and God's creation. I do that too, I said. I just never called it earthing. I also learned that we're both tree huggers. We're just kindred spirits that way. And in October... When I went to Maui for a week of vacation, every day I took an opportunity to do earthing. I took the opportunity to see God's creation give praise. I would walk down to the beach, take off my flip-flops, and walk along the edge of the ocean. The ocean would roar as the waves lapped against the shore, and the sounds of creation all around me would be praising God. Now, if you'll take, I gave those two sheets to people. You can start to look at them and pass them back. I'm going to describe to you the pictures that you're going to see. One picture at the top they'll be passing around is the sunrise at Haleakala. You'll see in the bottom corner of the sunrise, there's a rock and there's a larger picture of it, which I'm going to describe in a moment. And... Um, yeah, this is one of my favorite things that I love to do, my all-time favorite things on the planet. Watch the sunrise at Haleakala. To me, it rivals the Grand Canyon. 
So my friend and I, in order to see the sunrise, how many of y'all know the sun rises when it's going to rise? It doesn't care when you get there. It's going to do its thing. And the sun rises at about 6.15 in October, 6.15 a.m. And it's a two-hour drive there. So it means you got to get up about 2.30, get dressed, get ready, hit the road, make that two-hour drive to get there on time. And I was able to convince my friend to do it with me, kind of reluctantly, but she got up and she did it with me. We drove to the summit, which is 10,000 feet above sea level, just above the clouds, and then we walked the short 10-minute walk to the peak of the crater. It is about 40 degrees up there. It's not typical Hawaii weather. And just before the sunrise, I took off my shoes and socks and placed my bare feet directly on the earth. Nothing between the soles of my feet and the dust of the crater. This was the third time that I'd seen the sunrise at Haleakala, and it was the third time that all I could do was cry. It is the closest thing that I've ever seen to what I imagine God's glory will look like when God comes back again. Because you're just above the cloud layer, and the sun starts to come up, the light hits the clouds, and it looks like liquid gold as it, as it, as it scans across the horizon, and then the sun just bursts through. There was a Hawaiian gentleman playing a shofar and chanting, and all I could think as I heard the sounds around me was, my God, how great thou art. And after the sunrise, my friend noticed that there was a heart-shaped rock right next to where we were sitting. You'll see that in the picture. And I looked at her and I said, you know, God can be such a show-off. <laughs> I mean, really. It was as if God was telling me, I did it before, I'm doing it now, and I'll do it again and again, and again. And playing through my mind, not surprisingly, was just the chorus of, how great thou art. I couldn't wait to get home to tell John about my earthing experience at the top of Haleakala. I said, you know what, John? You were with me. And he looked at me and smiled and broke into the broadest grin. Now, friends, there is no promise in Psalm 98 that there won't be storms in life. There is simply a reminder that God has done marvelous things and God's not done yet. If God has done marvelous things and God's going to do marvelous things, then God is in the midst of whatever circumstance you're in. And in response to all of that, God has already done together. I just want to invite you together. Let us praise in just a moment by singing the chorus of How Great Thou Art two times through. And as we sing today, and every time you hear this hymn in the future, I hope you'll be reminded of what God has done in your life 
what God is doing in your life and the promises of what God will do. So join me, and, and I'm going to ask you to do something kind of radical for what I call the frozen chosen sometimes, is if you feel like standing, lifting your hands, clapping, whatever your body wants to do, you have my permission to put your whole self into it, and praise God. Now, if you were watching a 49er game, or the Raiders, if they're your, if they're your jam, or if you were watching the Warriors and they were winning, I know y'all will put your whole bodies into it, okay? So I'm going to invite you to do that however you see fit. So join in song with me, and we're going to sing two times through. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art, then sings my soul. 